Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. Today is the third quarter 2022 Von Nelson Select Recap Call. And with me today is Lead Portfolio Manager, Scott Weber. And with that, Scott, I will turn things over to you. Thanks, Dan. Glad to be here. The, uh, the market tried to stage a little rally there in the third quarter, uh, July up through kind of mid-August. And uh, it, it didn't last, unfortunately. The market ended the quarter down, you know, mid-single digits, despite that counter-trend rally. Um, the fund declined a little bit less than the market, or about the same. Uh, the market continues to be concerned about central bank policy actions to thwart inflation. And, and if that ends up with any sort of policy-induced dislocation, sort of like what you saw with the English pensions, and so the big tug of war there is whether or not something will break in the meantime or whether or not uh, central banks will relent and, and offer some form of relief. And it's really been pretty, the market's really been pretty twitchy on that. Um, we're watching that. Uh, don't have strong views on, on either side of that, but it is impacting our security selection. I will note one thing that's interesting in the background with respect to specifically Fed policy uh, given the dual mandate of price stability and employment uh, stability, it's interesting to note that, uh, you know, whereas energy has been softer and a lot of the commodity influences, and, and certainly the, the housing market and used cars seem to be off the bubble, so to speak, uh, the, the services side continues to contribute to inflation. And so we're watching the latency of owner's equivalent rent and, and the other portions that might be offsetting that um, and, and at the same time, when, when you turn to the employment side of the equation, given that inflation is such a big issue politically, um, and I'm not directly implying that just because they're in D.C., the Federal Reserve Board is a political organization that purports not to be, but I think that given that employers have had for the last few years a hard time keeping, uh, keeping seats full, uh, and, and particularly on more entry-level and service-type employment, it's our sense that uh, when we're seeing layoffs, it's more from larger white-collar organizations, like you're seeing it from the big tech companies right now, um, in a disproportionate sense, versus service. And so that, that, because presumably, whereas the income levels between the two different jobs may be different, they both count as jobs, uh, and so someone applying for unemployment for the first time would count as a person. I think there's a little disparity there in the way layoffs are being, uh, at least the way we're seeing them. And that may lead to really, compared to prior slowdowns, if you will, um, a difference in the way you see layoffs, and that might support employment numbers, which would give certainly the U.S. Federal Reserve Board a little more air cover. Uh, but anyway, not, not to get off into an, a macroeconomic rabbit hole, let's talk about what happened in the strategy during the quarter. From an absolute contribution standpoint, there were two sectors that contributed positively, consumer discretionary and energy. Communications and real estates were both down double-digit percentages. Only industrials and financials were down less than the market this quarter. And that July through mid-August rally that I, that I alluded to earlier faded and we ended up at a new year-to-date low on the index right at the end of the quarter. Turning to relative performance and attribution, select here again was pretty even with the index from an attribution perspective. There really wasn't a single name or even a sector that had an outsized effect on relative performance. Our holdings in healthcare, technology, 
financials and communications and, and utilities as well all outperformed the index holdings. Industrials, consumer staples, and energy didn't keep pace with index holdings. And cash levels were, were pretty consistent through the quarter at a little over 3%. Um, in terms of what we changed in the activity, it was reasonably normal, I'd say, um, or certainly in line with expectation. We added two new names, one in healthcare and one in technology. We eliminated two positions, one in materials, one in industrials. And we did not uh, chase that rally that I alluded to, um, but we did find the opportunity to, to really add and, and reduce a little bit of the exposures at the margin to improve the portfolio. Uh, so flip, flipping over to the characteristics of the portfolio as they stand at the end of the quarter, they continue to remain really consistent with our typical profile where we have high active share in the mid-80s, higher ROE and ROA versus the index, the market, scap, the market cap skews a little bit smaller than the index, but not much. Um, in terms of valuation, it's comparable with published estimates. If you look on the historicals, we're a little higher. Uh, I'd point out that here again, during that third quarter, we didn't own any banks or REITs or any of the other kind of lower multiple sectors, which, which tend to pull things down. And so you take those out, it, it tends to be really comparable. But as it stands on a prima facie basis, our, our multiples... Uh, on a trailing basis might look a little higher by comparison. Um, so with, with, with fewer changes in the portfolio, uh, you might surmise that the factor exposure remains consistent with our typical profile, and that's true. Uh, during the quarter, the market preferred a little underweight volatility in beta and was overweight momentum. Recall that momentum has shifted largely away from kind of the big tech names and more towards energy and things for the time being in terms of the inclusion. Um, the allocation contributed positively to performance, which is not always the case for our portfolio, but there were no uh, pronounced factor preferences or shifts in fact, pronounced factor preferences in the third quarter. Um, this portfolio continues to show better factor diversification than the benchmark, and that again is due to the concentration of mega cap tech names in the index, and, uh, and we, you know, fewer offsetting or smaller offsetting positions in the index, whereas we've got a little better diversification. Um, and long volatility, in which is a factor expression in our portfolio, is offset by significantly short and influential beta. Another way of saying that is individual names might might be have greater exposure to volatility, but we have better offsetting exposures, which helps to reduce the beta. The, the beta of the portfolio really is, was as low as it's been in quite a while. It's, it's off its bottom a little bit, but still reasonably low. In terms of the active risk and its exposure, active return volatility, was there was a slight decrease in the portfolio. It stands at about 5%, and 70% of the active risk is due to stock-specific risk. Again, that, that just means it's getting its exposures through stock picking as opposed to making uh, sector-based allocations. Um, looking forward, you know, uh, strong positive stock selection was the main driver of return from a factor basis in the, in the third quarters, and um, style effects were reasonably pronounced. Um, we, uh, we, again, are, are a little long volatility individually, um, short profitability, and we have significant and influential short beta, again, lower beta, like I said. Um, so better quality names helped our relative performance in the downturn is really the way to summarize all of that. Uh, going back to macro, we covered a little bit of this already, but 
you know, at the margin, smaller size was preferred, and that helped our performance. Uh, inflation fears, you know, continue. Uh, the commodity trade has really continued to fade um, as as the, you know, the the world fears the dreaded R word, and, and so recession in various forms may be on the doorstep around the planet. Um, not technically here in the United States yet, but it's something we're keeping an eye out for. Rates continue to rise during the quarter, you know, especially if you look at the belly of the curve. Um, I think that uh, there is a political impetus to, uh, to to consider when you're thinking about policy action from the, particularly from the Fed. And, and I'd remind you know listeners that this is a, a midterm election year, and so that that's enough to draw you know lightning rod attention. And it, it is certainly an issue that's important in the minds of voters. Um, and the dollar continued its march upwards. Uh, that continues to frustrate unhedged exporters, but um, we, we, don't, we don't think the trees grow to the moon. I don't know how long that goes on forever, but it's not a bad time to book a vacation to London if it's ever been on your to-do list. You probably should do that now. Um, so flipping now to valuation, with the decline that we've seen in the market uh, year to date, you know, multiples have, have been drawn back towards their long-term averages, not quite there yet. Um, that dollar strength still seems to be drawing in some capital from, from other countries, and I think there's a little bit of a safety trade going on in U.S. assets because of dollar strength. And spreads widened really just a little bit. It's interesting. In Europe, they widened more than they did in the United States, but uh, you know, corporate issuers really, you know, we had higher rates, but spreads really haven't blown out, and that's another signal that we'd look at for macro concern. So wrapping it all up with how we're positioned now, you know, not a big change from the second quarter. Um, we continue to have a lower beta than, than we typically do. Um, we continue to look for opportunities to find names to improve the portfolio, and there were a couple that met that test in the quarter. But this portfolio is still reasonably conservative in posture. I feel like it might want to lean, uh, you know, a little bit less conservatively, but we're, we're not there yet. And this market is is looking for leadership. And uh, until we get a real shift in policy or a material change in earnings or anything of that sort, we're going to have that struggle and we're going to keep, we at being the market in this context, are going to continue looking for where leadership is so we know, you know, what what chief to follow. And uh, we, we don't know yet. We're not there. And so this, this malaise, uh, and of course, we'll, we don't yet know what third quarter earnings season looks like, but that'll set the tone that and the election and, you know, God forbid there's any other uh, geopolitical uncertainty like we had earlier in the year that, that continues. But all, all that put together, I think we've got a portfolio that's built to be tough and, and uh, resilient in a market like this, and hopefully it will continue to perform well. Back to you, Dan. Well, great. Thank you, Scott. And uh, always great to hear your quarterly insights on the market in the space. Um, that will look at returns in the third quarter of 2022. Fund Nelson Select strategy returned on a net basis negative 4.67% versus the S&P at negative 4.88%, which brings the year-to-date return uh, for the Select net to negative 21.78 versus the S&P at negative 23.87. The one-year return for the Select strategy on a net basis is negative 11.48. The S&P is negative 15.47. On a five-year, strategy is net 10.94%, 10.94%, S&P at 9.24%, and the 10-year number for the Von Nelson Select strategy is a net 13.14%, which 
versus the S&P at 11.71%. Uh, with that, thank you for joining us uh, for the Select's third quarter recap and look forward to seeing you after the fourth quarter. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson Strategies.